Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. And we are back on the Believe in the Jets podcast. I am your host, Andrew Golden of Jets X Factor. And as always, I got my co-host, Lamont Jordan, former Jet running back here with me. We got a fun show for you guys today. We are going to go through our under-the-radar gems of the 2022 draft. Not all of them, just a couple of guys we picked out looking ahead of the combine next week that we wanted to highlight. Uh, Lamont, how you been doing in this past week looking ahead of the combine? Just in general, how things working on your end? Man, I've been... Uh... I've been pretty good, really getting excited about this. This is the first time that that I've really got involved with the draft. <clears throat> um, you know, I, I've done some pre-draft stuff, you know, the 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 NFL PA collegiate collegiate bowl. I've done though, mm. you know, I've done that for two years. Um, having an opportunity to coach in the XFL and the AAF, um, working with some guys, some never made it to the NFL, some got a shot got released and wind up coming and playing in one of those leagues. But this is the first time that I've actually really got into, you know, pre-draft stuff. Mm-hmm. And man, let me tell you what, I tell you what, I see why you wanted to do this. This it's is so pretty fun, exciting. isn't it? It's, it's, it's exciting. And, and it's also, you know, I kind of feel like football's changing. Yeah. I, I feel like football's changing. Um, there are still guys out there playing that were out there when I got drafted. And so it, it, to, to kind of get caught up on this new crop of guys is, um, you know, it, it, it's it's exciting. It's exciting. I'm really geeked about it. Can't wait to get into um, not only the guys that we're going to talk about today, but the guys that we're going to be talking about between now and April when the draft takes place. And then after the draft takes place, looking at where all these guys went uh-huh. to the different teams and then talking about where we think the teams are going to finish, man, this is going to be a really, really exciting next few months for us. Oh yeah. Yeah. This is for, for Jets fans. This is the playoffs. This is our Super Bowl. Uh, this is where, you know, all the attention goes. Uh, definitely right there with you. We got a ton of guys to talk about between now and April. Also, as uh, Lamont mentioned last week, uh, let the cat out of the bag again. But we'll go ahead and have the official announcement at the top of the show here. Stay tuned on the Jets X Factor YouTube. We are going to have some live uh, video breakdowns of some of these guys coming up real soon. Starting off with Jermaine Johnson, the pass rusher from Florida State that Lamont and I both uh, very much enjoy uh, and would be all cool with the Jets taking very highly in the draft. But we got plenty more guys to talk about on video on this podcast and anything in between so make sure you guys stay tuned let's get into things for today um i'm gonna go ahead and lead things off with my first guys and under the radar gem i tried to find some guys that i haven't talked about on this show yet specifically because i've gone through some other guys that i like but i haven't uh didn't want to just talk about the same guys over and over so my first player um Similar to what we talked about a few weeks ago, we were talking about the Georgia defensive line and Jordan Davis. Uh, I got one of his teammates, and that's Devontae Wyatt. Devontae Wyatt is going to be one of my higher graded players in this class. I I really think he's going to end up with a top 20 grade. Uh, And I would be all comfortable um, if he were to fall to the beginning of the second round and the Jets lose Foley Fadakasi or they let Sheldon Rankins Walker cut him and they need some more depth on the interior, I want this guy on my team. 
you want to talk about all gas, no brakes. That's Devonte Wyatt to a T. He will run down screens from the nose position out to the edge as hard as he can. He forced a fumble on Bryce young in the national championship game where he was spying Bryce young to start. And he, Bryce young gets outside Wyatt slips and stumbles. He gets back up, continues to chase him and knocks the ball out with a punch on a fumble. Unfortunately, Bama recovered it, but it's that type of attitude and effort uh, that you really want to see first and foremost that the jets like. And then after that, he is just an explosive athlete. His first step and his quickness on the interior is really, really impressive. His ability to knife into gaps, to explode out of his stance, to do that in the run or pass game, uh, it's its really, really a positive trait for him and something I think that's going to test really well at the combine next week. Um, he's one of my favorite guys in this class, and I haven't talked about him a lot yet, but I think his potential is just through the roof. He didn't get to play on third downs in Georgia's defense. They had an entirely different rush package on third down with their defensive line and why it would get subbed out. But I think he can be a third down difference maker. I think he can be a guy on the interior that can generate pressure that can be the three tech or shade nose type of interior guy that can win with quickness and speed and power. Uh, just beat up guys on the interior. Um, the guy that I thought of watching him that I, I, couldn't get out of my head. And it's a little bit of a throwback. Um, I'm sure you will know, but maybe not everybody in our listeners will know. Um, do you remember Jay Ratliff in Chicago? Yes. Yes. That's, that's who he reminds me of. Okay. okay. It's the similar type of build where it's about six, three listed at about three fifteen. but you look at him, he looks like he probably looks like he weighs two ninety. and you're wondering, how are you three fifteen? You must be rocked up if you're not looking that, you know, bulky and it's just quickness, long arms, power. I wish he was a little more stout against the run. He's not bad, but I'm in terms of an explosive three tech pass rushing or run gap, destroying zone run penetrating madman. That's going to play until the end of the whistle. Sign me up. I like him a lot. I feel you on that. I feel you. On, I can't wait to watch the, I can't wait to watch the film on, on Devante. Um, yeah, there's so many guys on that defense that it's so hard. You just watch yeah. the same games like seven times, focusing on different dudes. Yeah, and here's the thing about it is, and when you're talking about the SEC, um, and even going back to our last our last show where we were talking about Johnson, this draft, when you're looking at the first round, I really think that this draft is defensive line heavy. Absolutely. I think that this is a great draft where if you're looking to to beef up your defense and you're talking about guys coming out of college um, who have the potential to be franchise players, be guys that, hey, they could be a part of your program, your team for at least seven, eight years. Um, I think that this draft has a lot of them. Um, for me, I'm going to go to the other side of the ball. Um, I think we're going to stay in the SEC. And I'm going to go down to Mississippi State. I like Charles Cross. I don't think that that's mm. a name we've talked about, but no. talking about offensive linemen, mm-hmm. uh, the one thing at the offensive tackle position that, that, that I love that I look for is what type of lateral movement do you have? Yeah. And this is a guy that has great lateral movement. I great like feet from the film that I've, that I've seen as a protector, whether you're an offensive lineman, a tight end or running back, the most important thing is your ability to stay in front of your opponent Okay. And can you move side to side to allow yourself to stay in front of your opponent? Right. 
I really like Charles Cross. Um, we're talking about a team in Mississippi State that has to play against the Georgias, the LSUs. They, they play against all the big dogs. And so when we're looking at all of these, these top defensive linemen, especially coming out of the SEC, what better position to look at if you're looking for offensive linemen than to look yeah. at an offensive lineman that had to play against elite competition week in and week out and wasn't a part of one of the big dog teams. So for me, my first person that I'm that I'm going to take a look at um, is Charles Cross. I really like what I what I see from him, and I can't wait to break down more of his film so that I can talk about him more. Yeah, yeah. My co-host on uh, my other show, the Oklahoma Drill Podcast, is a huge Charles Cross fan as well. Uh, for the same reasons, basically that you said, it's it's easy to see. He's got really really good feet. His kick slide is really good. He fires out of his stance well, and then he has that ability to mirror in pass protection, where he can ha- shuffle and go laterally, like you're saying. And his upper body and hand technique is really good too. Um, mm-hmm. So his his pass protection is is really really refined. I think mm-hmm. would be the word was when you're watching him. Um, I wish from watching him myself, because I have gotten into him a little bit. I wish he was a little stronger. Mm. I wish he was a little more able to just bully people in the run game or when someone is bull rushing him and he goes to anchor. I wish he was a little more able to kind of anchor down and hold back. But when you are as fleet of foot as he is, and when you are as agile and able to mirror, you're going to have that negative the other way of maybe not being as strong. So it's kind of the, the give and take. Uh, of the situation, but I can see you liking him a lot for sure. Um, he's probably my OT three right now, but it's close between him and Iquanu. Okay. Okay. Now we'll say this. The one thing about him being able to anchor, I think that, and, and get stronger. I think that those are things that can happen as, you know, as you move up, you're working in the NFL with these, Agreed. With, with the strength coaches. Now, <clears throat> granted you're in the SEC. Now the SEC consistently puts out guys that are just that are just powerhouses. Mm-hmm. All right. But what I will say to that is I would much rather have a guy that we need to get him a lot stronger and teach him to sink his hips down. Yeah. I would rather have a guy that we have to work on that than to have a guy that we have to work on his lateral movement. You can get yeah. stronger. You can learn to, to reduce your hidden surface and, and play a little lower. But the hardest thing to teach is a guy that, that when you're talking about lateral movement, either you have it or you don't. Agreed. Yes, you can do drills to get better. But at the end of the day, if this is something that you naturally come with, especially at the offensive tackle, uh, we're talking about in situations where if you need to pull a guard, you need to pull a tackle. This is a guy that's fully capable of doing that. Um, so I agree with you. You definitely want to see him get stronger. But if I'm like I said before, if I'm looking at an offensive tackle, I want a guy that has lateral movement. All right, to stay in front of these 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 fast defensive ends, these defensive ends that are going to come with all these different moves. Having a guy that can slide left, slide right, punch, yeah. having that, I'd rather have a guy who has that, that I can get him stronger and teach him the other things opposed to having a guy that lacks the lateral movement. He may be strong, all right, but if you got Jermaine Johnson coming off of that edge right there and you don't have the lateral movement to put yourself in a proper position, you're going to get beat all day. So yeah. um, just to just to kind of move on past this, um, I really like uh, Charles Cross, and I, I can't wait to watch more of his film. Yeah, yeah, I liked him a lot too. I don't want you to think that I didn't. I definitely enjoyed his tape. I really enjoyed his technique. Um, exactly what you're saying with his ability to mirror and match. It was the best of the tackles I've seen so far. Mm-hmm. Like that, that specifically, that's his like 
elite trait and it's his calling card for sure. And he does it really well. And you're right. He can learn to get stronger. That was actually what I was texting with my other co-host. That was one of the things I had mentioned is that mm-hmm. get him in the NFL weight room and let him get a little stronger. And I can see him being really, really, really good. That was just my concern immediately. I'm a little scarred from Andre Dillard. I'll be completely honest. I was really high on Andre Dillard. And it was that's the difference between Pac-12 and SEC is yeah. understanding that light in the Pac-12 and light in the SEC are two different things. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I'm, I like Charles Cross a lot. I would, he's a first-round player, no doubt about it. Um, definitely on board with you there. I'm going to go to a guy on offense as well. Uh, since you went offense, I'll double down there. And this is... Um, He's a little under the radar in the sense that everyone still knows who he is, but he isn't as talked about as much as he probably should be. And that's Tyler Algier, the running back from uh, BYU, um, Mm. Zach Wilson's former teammate. We, this is the guy that you want the jets to target. This is my, I'm putting the pin in it right now. This is the guy they need to add in the draft. And the problem is everyone in the world thinks that he's going to be like a fourth round pick. I don't think so. I think he's going to go higher. I think he's, I think he's going to go in the third round and in the middle of the third round and comfortably. So I don't know if the jets will take a running back that highly. Would they take him if he is the perfect fit and he grades out that highly for them? Is it possible? Maybe, but this is a guy that I want them to do what they have to, to get, because I fully believe that he is the perfect complement to Michael Carter. He's about 5'10", 220, 225 pounds. Mm-hmm. He's got great feet. He's from a zone scheme. He knows how to run the offense. It's the same scheme Zach Wilson just ran. And we all talked about how Zach Wilson's offense was already similar to the Jets offense. Same thing from a running back perspective, similar type of reads, similar type of offense. Um, he's an accomplished receiver for a bigger back. He's got great hands. Um, he's able to get to the outside and pick up chunk plays. He isn't necessarily going to burn you with deep speed, um, but he's definitely got enough to be a successful player in the NFL that gains chunk yards uh, in in perpetuity. And on top of all of that, the one thing about him that I just absolutely, absolutely love is his natural vision in the backfield. Mm -hmm. And that is something that as a running back, I'm sure you can speak on even more so than I can. But for me, you had said lateral agility is something that you can't teach for tackles. For me, immediate vision and reaction time is something that is all really hard to teach for running backs where if you get a guy who knifes into a gap and flashes into a hole, as soon as you get the ball, he has the ability. There was a play. I forget who, which team it was, but it was a fourth and goal situation and they're in their goal line set and they hand the ball to Algier and defensive end comes knifing off the right side to gets right in the backfield. As soon as the play starts, And Algier takes the handoff and he has the agility and the reaction time to just stop, cut, reset, go outside, break a tackle from a linebacker who's pursuing and and score the touchdown on fourth and goal. That ability, that quick reaction ability, that stop and start quick feet and be able to create for yourself when things go wrong is my number one graded trait in a running back. And I think he is really, really, really good in that aspect. I think he brings the power, um, that this offense desperately needs that we had talked about for a handful of months in terms of adding another running back to the roster that has some power. Like I said, he can be a factor in the receiving game. He already knows the offense. I'm, I really, really like this guy. I was trying to think of a comp for him today and I settled on two of them. I don't really love either of them, 
And I think there's a better one out there that I just haven't found yet. And it's probably some older school player that I'm not remembering, but right now for me, off field aside, of course, looking at strictly on the field as players, he reminds me of Kareem hunt Mm. or he's like 75 to 80% of Jonathan Taylor. Mm. Okay. Because he's got the same build. He's not as fast. He's not as quick in the hole. He's, you know, is he as they're just as equally as good as receivers. I think their hands are equally as good. Jonathan Taylor's might maybe slightly more powerful. I think Tyler Algier is a little glidier. If that makes sense, a little smoother as a runner, even though Taylor is very smooth as a runner. But if you like, if you were looking for dollar store, Jonathan Taylor, it's Tyler Algier. Like mm. that's, that's how I view it. And if you can get that in the third round, sign me up. Now I will say this to that point. And I, I got to look at his film when you talk hmm. about Jonathan Taylor. The one reason that I thought that Jonathan Taylor would have a lot of success in the National Football League mm-hmm. is because the big back that played in the With, downhill yeah. big back style offense. And so mm-hmm. he came into the National Football League being prepared. My concern with the guys that are in that read option type of deal is that mm-hmm. they're so used to only playing with, with five or six people in the box. Um that when you need them for the power, they really don't have it. And so I'll be really I think he has it. I'm going to be honest with you. I think he has it. And I also think that BYU's offense isn't as read option as you think it is. Okay. That's why I say I got to watch. I got to watch. They go go under center. They go 12 personnel. They go two tight ends, wide zone. You know, they're, he's running. He's not running from gun every play. He is no, he is no, no. He runs from under center. He runs zone. He runs um, counters his inside running. He has no fear inside. I wish is he devastatingly powerful? No, but I think he can be. And his contact balance is excellent. His ability to just be running. And once he hits a gear, have the guys that are reaching for his shoulders or reaching for his legs, they don't even slow him down. They don't even, they don't even, he doesn't, don't even bother him. If you don't get a clean shot on him, it's not even like he has to do the whole fight the guy off of him. It's like, they just fall off. It's Mm -hmm. I'm, I like him a lot. And I think you will like him a lot once you see his film as well. It's not, if you, let me try and think of, of, and Clyde Edwards, Alaire at LSU was -hmm. a guy in the same draft class as Jonathan Taylor that I did not like as much as some mm. of the other backs in the, in the, uh, in that class for a handful of reasons, but partly is what you're saying where LSU had all of these receiving options mm-hmm. and all of these teams were spread out and he was running out of shotgun every play. Most of his yards were coming on Texas routes and he wasn't the type of guy that was going to, when it's time to get under center and, and bring your pads, can you do it? He had some nice plays where he would run some guys over. Not that he was a bad player, but I was worried overall about his success where people were saying he was the number one back of that class. Jonathan mm-hmm. Taylor to me was the guy in that draft class. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was, and I couldn't understand how everybody in the world didn't know it when the dude's worst statistical season in college was 1,966 yards as a true <laughs> freshman as a, in the big 10. Yes. At, at Wisconsin, where they don't grow receivers, yeah, <laughs> where they don't, where they passing game is not in their language, mm-hmm. where every team in the world knows you're running it and you're handing the ball to this 18 year old and he goes off for 1900 yards in the Big Ten. And that was the worst he ever did. Mm-hmm. How was he not a first round pick? I'll never know. But that's a tangent for another day. Yeah. I'm, I really like Tyler Algier. 
And I okay. think he can be, I think he's the perfect fit for the Jets. Let me ask you this. Because he would come in better, equal, worse than Tevin Coleman? At least equal. At least, okay. Okay, well, well listen, we can live with that. The first At thing least is, equal. As a rookie, I think their skill sets are very similar. Okay. I think T- Tevin Coleman's probably faster. Tevin okay. Coleman's probably a little more accomplished as a receiver just because that's what he's been doing for <clears throat> most of his career. Algier's mm-hmm. shiftier. Algier's more thickly built. His contact okay. balance is better. And I think he's better. Bef- T- Tevin Coleman is really, really good when you give him the first gap of, of the block and you let him get those three steps to hit the hole and then he goes. Tyler Algier, Algier is better when things aren't good for him. Okay, okay. So he's a guy that, like you said... He's a big back with quick feet that can make cuts big, in the hole, that can that's reset, right. that can find different lanes, that has great contact balance, that has enough juice to accelerate and hit a gap when he needs to, but he's probably not going to have the top end speed to burn everybody else. Like I said, he reminded me of Kareem Hunt. So if that's you want to, that's it, which can also be your receiver. And that's why I said, like his build, you'll watch him play. He looks like Jonathan Taylor in slow motion. Okay. Okay. Uh, I, you said something about, Basically, his instincts, as yes. you would talk about the vision and, and yes. being able to find a hole, that's the one thing that you can't teach is right. instinct. And he's and correct, great running instincts. back. I think you said something else about the no fear. Yep. When you have a running back who has natural instincts with no fear, that's a guy that you can you can continue to move the chains with. I'll just yep. use myself as an example because as you know. 5'10, 222. On my pro day, I was 5'10 and three fourths, 231. He's about your build. And so when when you when I look, when you said 5'10, 220, yeah. I'm like, that's yeah. as a bad. He's about your build. Yeah. Being that 5'10, 5'11, 220, 220. Stout, shoulders, hips, all the same, same width, tight. Mm-hmm. Yes. When it comes to defenders, they don't want to hit that, especially in the secondary. First of all, because we're 5'10, we're able to get a lot lower than these DBs that are 6'1, these linebackers that are 6'3, 6'4. So we are able to get underneath them and power forward. Second of all, when they hit us and they make contact with us, they feel that. Yep. Because we're already low to the ground. If you're running with forward lean and you got your shoulder pads over top of your toes, yep. with great vision and with instincts, you're able to feel where the hits are coming from. So now you can either go with a hit, you know, kind of like a punch. He's great at that. When you can do that that. as a back and do what you're saying, then accelerate. Those are things that are critical. So I'm really interested in in, in watching That's probably where I was saying I wish he was more devastatingly powerful is Mm -hmm. that he doesn't, he he knows how to get hit. And he knows how to angle his body to deflect guys off him more so mm-hmm. than just running them over, but he still can do that. And when he mm-hmm. is going inside, it's that, like you're saying, it's that lean twist, the shoulders, let the guy deflect off this one part of me, stay balanced, stay upright. Like I said, his contact balance is great. Um, it's, there's a lot to like about him. There is a lot to like about him. And like you were saying, you had, you almost listed my three like checklists for running backs where you said instincts. And then, um, what was, oh, what was the thing you said? You said instincts, and then balance. you said uh, balance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And instincts and, and, and pad level. 
Okay. Yep. The third one after that is create for yourself for me mm-hmm. is, is ability to create for yourself once before the line of scrimmage and afterwards. So once you're in the open field, are you breaking tackles? Are you creating extra plays? Are you getting brought down by the first guy? Rarely. Rarely is he getting brought down by the first guy in the backfield or in the open field. Uh, I just, he just seems like this is, he's the, one of those guys that's just going to rack up scrimmage yards in the NFL. Now, <laughs> as we, I'm sorry to cut you off. As yeah, we no, talk, you're good. All the things that I'm hearing about him are great. Mm-hmm. And again, I can't wait to watch his film. Mm-hmm. All of that is fine and well, but if you can't take care of your number one responsibility, I'm sorry, your number two responsibility as a running back, first and foremost is can you hold on to the ball? Can you yep. be trusted to not put that ball on the ground? As a running back, our second responsibility is our ability to protect the quarterback. Because as a running back, you can be all you can be all of these great things, but if you cannot protect the quarterback, you are a liability. If you cannot protect the quarterback, it, as athletic as you are. In two-minute drills at the end of a half, at the end of a game, you won't be on the field because the team can't trust you. So for me, the next the next biggest thing out of all of this is what type of pass protector is he? All right. Well, I can't quite speak to his pass protection because they use him a lot as a receiver. But when he mm-hmm. is in pass protection, he's willing. He doesn't seem to have bad technique. Um I'm not, again, I haven't spent too much time studying him in that aspect. So I'm not going to go out of my way and sit here and say he's great or he's awful, but Mm -hmm. I don't remember seeing anything or anywhere in my notes. Did I write that he can't pass protect? Um, That was not something that I put down. However, you had just mentioned taking care of the ball and holding on to the ball. So I just went and looked it up because I was thinking in my head, I don't remember seeing him fumble on tape. I don't just, I, not saying it didn't happen. I just don't remember seeing him fumble through his four years at BYU. He has zero career fumbles. Zero. No fumbles whatsoever. In four years at BYU. Wow. That is, that is ridiculous. Wow. And he was, and he's been a starter for the last two. He was a sub player for his first two. So two years of starting serious go-to actions as a runner and receiver zero career fumbles okay yeah i'm definitely i'm definitely going to going to check him out i mean to be honest with you that's the first running back out of all of these draft shows and things of that nature that i'm hearing this is the first running back that i've heard mentioned um amongst all of this offensive and defensive line and of course linebacker i've loved him since last year when i was watching zach wilson and he okay. and he had he had about here I'll give you his he had an even better season this year uh 20 276 attempts for 1606 yards and 23 touchdowns this year. Okay. That's 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 pretty good. That's not bad especially for uh for a big back, you know. Yeah. He's not a, a big big back but 510 no, Yeah. He's not a he's not a burner. You're not going to want he's yeah. not he's not a speed guy. He's not a sh- make you miss with jukes guy but He's good at what he does. Does his job, like you said last week. Does his job. Okay. All right, let's get to your next guy. We spent a lot of time on Tyler Algier, yeah. more no, so no, than that I was, was expecting. But we get some running back talk. We could go all day. It's my yeah, favorite position to scout. And I'm sure it's the same with you. <laughs> all right, my next guy. Um, I'm sticking with the defensive side of the ball, and this will be um, either my last guy or second to last guy. Kirby Joseph out of Illinois. Um, he's a safety. I've heard the name, but I haven't seen anything. So fill me in. 
from what I've seen on him, he is a ball hawk and he is a tackler. And when you're talking about a safety, two things that I want to know. Can you cover the field? Uh, sorry, three things that I want to know. Can you cover the field? All right. When the ball is in the air, are you a person that the quarterback and, and the opposing team has to worry about it? If they throw your way, that there's a chance that you can come down with the ball. And lastly, can you tackle? Yep. At the safety line of defense. Have to. At that last line of defense. Listen, as a running back, I've played where on that last line of defense where you 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 have a, a Lynch, you have a Rodney Harrison, you know, you got a Troy Palomaro, you know, you, you you got a Roy Williams, you have a Brian Ooh. Dawkins. Oh, you know, I love Brian Dawkins. Oh God, I love Brian Dawkins. You no, know, these are the guys that that I had the privilege and the honor, uh Lawyer Malloy. You know, these are guys that as a running back and as a as a as an offensive skill player, you know, I'm gonna be honest with you. There was times that you know I look at the depth chart and and I watch film. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this guy wants no part of attacking. All I gotta do is run him over one time and, and and he'll be shook for the game. Yep. Um then you have safeties like the guys that I talked about. I'll even throw a Bob Sanders up in there. Because although he's not Bob Sanders, God, we can talk safeties all day too. Yeah, although he's not he's not as big and as intimidating as some of these other guys. And another every single pound that in his frame that he had to go through you as hard as he could with reckless abandon. Yes, and one other safety that I forgot to mention, uh, Anthony Poindexter. You know, a lot of people may not be familiar with him, but I'm gonna tell you what: if not for a knee injury. I don't think that we'd be hearing about Ed Reed with the Baltimore Ravens. I think that Ed Reed probably would have been somewhere else, but coming out, Anthony Poindexter was that dude and a big hitter. When I look at Kirby Joseph, I have written down here in my notes from what I've seen on him. He's a ball hog and he's a tackler. That is what you want on the defensive side of the ball. And to be honest with you, when you talk about the young talent that we have, and I think we talked about on the show before where we want to get more veteran talent. But when we're talking about in the draft, he's a guy that I'm going to pay attention to where he goes because mm-hmm. I think that he's going to be – I think that he's going to be a really good player, has potential to be a really good player in the National Football League. Anytime you're a safety, mm-hmm. and 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 I, I, I don't know to speak for me as a running back and as a coach right. and you know, as a GM for the Divas, um, I want a safety that is a ball hawk, and I want a yeah. safety that can tackle. That's 100%. what I want out of my safety position. And, and this guy is it. So Kirby Joseph out of Illinois safety. That's a guy that I, I'm really going to watch break his film down and looking forward to doing a show on that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a guy that sounds really interesting. That's a name I want to write down for one of our potential film breakdowns, because mm-hmm. I love watching and breaking down safety play on all 22 because people can't see it on broadcast. So they have no idea how it works and what's going on with it. So okay. it's so fun to break down when you get it on all 22 because you see things and how they work with moving mm-hmm. pieces, especially as safeties. If you're saying he's a ball hawk, being able yep. to watch that range, being able to watch his pursuit angles coming from all the way downhill and not just when they're coming from the side of the screen five seconds into the play. You know, there's mm-hmm. there's a lot of fun to be had there. I'm really interested in that. I'm going to go have to take a look at his tape later today. Um, because I've gotten through a couple of safeties so far, but not all of them. I was trying to get through the tight ends. I did a little poll on Twitter and asked people what position I should get into next, and they told me tight end. So I was going to do that, and then I got distracted watching Devontae Wyatt this morning. 
Um, and now I'm going to get distracted watching Kirby Joseph later. So eventually Jalen Widermer, uh, Widermeyer, I will get to your film, but it just does not seem like that's going to happen soon. Uh, last guy I'm going to quickly mention, just because you mentioned the safety. This is a guy I mentioned before, but he's grown on me so much that I want to mention him again. And that's Jalen Petrie from Baylor. Mm. Everything that you're saying, ball Hawk and great tackler. He's both. He's got both of those. Um, he, when a defensive coordinator to the caliber of Dave Aranda builds his defense around you, there's something there. There's, there's something there that speaks not only to his athletic ability that speaks to his ability in the classroom that speaks to his ability to understand multiple positions and multiple roles, because he played three different positions on defense for Baylor, depending on what the offensive formation was. So offense comes out in a heavy formation. He's, he's a sub linebacker. And he's basically playing will they come out in a, in a standard 11 personnel set. He's a slot corner. They go into a, a, a 10 personnel four wide. He goes back to deep safety and anything in between, depending on the matchup did everything well. And those type of guys where your role changes every single play, where your situation changes every single play, where you're having to think in multiple roles and understand and remember multiple roles. You can't do that unless you are have insanely high football IQ. And for safeties, exactly what you're saying, ball hawking and tackling are, are the two most important things. After that, for me, it's intelligence. You've mm-hmm. got to be smart at safety. You mm-hmm. have to know what's going on. As the last line of defense, you can't be caught slipping. Otherwise, it's a touchdown. And so I really like this guy, his instincts. I really like his awareness. He can come down and play the run. He's no, uh, he's bigger than he looks. He looks like he's about 5'10", 190, but he's about six foot. Um, He's just a gnat in coverage. The dude is so sticky and quick and fluid, drives on balls, is able to make plays, uh, interceptions or deflections. I, I love him. I would be all over him at the top of the second round uh, if he gets out of the first round. Because I think there's a chance he's going to sneak in uh, I had a, a first round mock draft come out on Jets, Jets X Factor a week or two ago. I had him going to the Kansas City Chiefs at the end of the first round. So mm. if he if he doesn't go in the first round and he's there at pick thirty five, I'm running in the card if I'm the Jets. Mm. I tell you what, I, I'm looking forward to our film session, not just on the safeties, but on the secondary in general. Because yeah. right now I have my I, I have just kind of a list of guys. I have 32 guys down here. And when I look at this, at least seven to eight of these guys are either cornerbacks or safeties. Yeah. So when we look at this upcoming draft, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's D line, O line, yep. um Wide secondary. Receiver. I'm gonna go secondary. I was just saying in general, I wasn't trying to go oh, yeah, in order yeah, of, yeah. of strength. But yeah, yeah. You know, for me, yeah, for me, I'm looking D-line, O-line, secondary linebackers. I think hmm. that I, I think that that's the way it's going to go. D-line, O-line, secondary linebackers. When you look at when you look at the teams that were that were there, with the exception of the Kansas City Chiefs, um, all of them had good defenses. You look at the yeah. Titans, although they got beat early, they had good defenses. You look at the Rams, who won a Super Bowl, they were one of the best defenses. You look well, at with the their Bucks, D-line, like you said. Yes. You look at the Bucks, they were one of the best defenses. You look at a team like the 49ers. I mean, Defense they had a, wins a where, where you had a quarterback that you paid all this money to, but your game plan was just for him not to lose the game for you. 
you were there because of your defense. And so I think that teams are really understanding that, hey, if you really want to compete, you better have a top, top defense. That's why the Kansas City Chiefs didn't make the Super Bowl this year. They played against a Joe Burrow and a Cincinnati team. Kansas City had a better offense. Cincinnati had an offense that can shoot it out with them, but Cincinnati also had a much better defense than the Kansas City Chiefs. And that's why I really think yeah. that with the talent that I'm seeing, and and I'm just I'm listen, I've never been this excited about the draft outside of when I was getting drafted. Mm-hmm. Because now because I'm seeing the future of the National Football League just yeah. before these guys come in. I'm getting an opportunity to see this. Listen, when I was calling the Maryland games. I got a chance to see those guys in the Big Ten. So I, I, I knew Font and what's my guy to tight end out there in Detroit, Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. I knew those guys were going to come to the National Football League and just completely just, just be yep. in straight beast mode because I had an opportunity to see them. Doing this doing this with you, doing the show, the Believe, um, doing the X Factor as, as we move forward with that, man, this has really got me excited about uh, about football again during this time mm-hmm. for me yep this is the time of year that is all about women's basketball i'm a huge women's basketball fan so to have march madness coming up for both men and women to have the draft coming up where i'm gonna be honest with you before when i watched the draft i really only cared to see okay who did the teams that i played for who did they get right who did the washington football team get because i'm here in washington mm-hmm. And then right. after the first round, I never really paid attention. My mm-hmm. mindset has always been, I don't care who gets drafted, where you get drafted. You have it's to what go you to do. Yep. You have to go to camp and it's what you do. But now doing this, man, and, and I want to thank you for this because this of is course. really, this is really, is it, it's, it's really got me going. It's allowed me to stay to, to I've, I've always been engaged with the game whether it's on the youth, the high school level, collegiate bowls, things of that nature. But this is the first time that I've had an opportunity to really get into the draft. And I'm really excited about this draft. Looking at this draft, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of movement in the first round. If there's, sure a team, if there's a team that will make that will have some movement in the first round, I think the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be involved in this for the simple fact that I believe they have three picks with the first round. They do. Yes. They're all so relatively they, bunched. They have, I think yeah, 15 and 16 back to back or 13 and 14 back to back or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And then also pick 19. So they have like yeah. three within like seven picks of each other. Yeah. So if, if, if there's going to be any movement in the draft this year, especially in the first round, I think that it's going to involve the Philadelphia Eagles simply because they have those three draft picks. And depending on what Philly wants to do, hey, Philly could take one of these picks and move back. With all of these different players up here, we don't know how the draft is going to go. The one thing that has remained consistent is that there is always something going on in the draft, especially early on in the draft, that makes you be like, you know, what, what, the, what the heck was that? Mm-hmm. The Washington football team drafting Davis last year. When I watched this film, I initially thought to myself, I'm not sure if he's a middle linebacker. And yeah. that's what they needed was a middle linebacker. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm excited about this, man. I cannot wait to look at Tyler, that running back 510 oh, yeah. out of BYU. Oh, I'm 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 gonna I'm gonna check him out. And I'm really gonna look at I'm really gonna check out uh Jalen Peachtree because right now for me 
off of the guys that I have seen, there are two people in the secondary that I'm very high on. And I'm going to end with this. I already gave you one, safety, mm-hmm. Kirby Joseph out of Illinois, mm-hmm. and Trent McDuffie out of Washington. I cannot really? wait to break down his film because I saw some highlights on him. I like what I've mm-hmm. seen. Um, I like what's being said about him. But I really can't wait to watch Trent McDuffie's uh, film just to see if if he if he's really as good as I think. Uh, to see if he's really as good mm-hmm. as his film, as his highlight show. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That'll have to be something we do for a breakdown because I have heard his name. I haven't gotten into him yet. Um, mm-hmm. But there is, to me, there is a clear, a clear cut kind of section of cornerbacks at the mm-hmm. top of this draft. Um, if Derek Stingley's injuries and progression can play out, I think he might be in that group. But for mm-hmm. me, and I know you somewhat feel differently about this, but I think this will be why we're going to get interesting to debate. Well, maybe what could be a fun, you know what? Planning right here live. Maybe we could do a dual episode where we debate your guy versus my guy uh, and see oh, who's yeah. better. Um, oh, yeah. I'm a Sauce Gardner guy at the top of the draft. I think that's that's the dude after him. And then after this, I'm wondering if this is a guy on your list, and this will be where we'll end here. Uh, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Then if so, go take a look. If not, then I feel like we're on the same page. The other guy that I really, really am liking is Roger McCreary from Auburn. Ah, oh, I got to check him out. He is just like... I'm so fast. I don't care what route you run. I'm never going to under, I'm never going to turn my hips and be scared of your speed. Mm. I'm just going to play everything from the top down because I'm so fast and so explosive and so fluid that I can basically backpedal a four, four, and it doesn't matter. So I'm Mm -hmm. those guys, those guys stand out to me. So yeah, Roger McCreary is the last little nugget here. I cannot wait. For this season to get in with you, Lamont, get into all of our breakdowns, get into the most uh, handful of months of podcasts and everything else that we have coming. But until then, enjoy this last episode. We got the combine coming up next week. That is going to be a ton of fun. I'm sure we'll have a huge combine breakdown afterwards after that, probably praising Jermaine Johnson for the great performance that he's going to put on. <laughs> uh, but thank you guys so much for listening. I am Andrew Golden. You can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17 on Twitter. You can also find my work at Jetsex Factor and make sure you guys follow my other show, the Oklahoma Drill Podcast podcast at okd podcast as well lamont go ahead and tell the people where they can find you you can find me on instagram lamont jordan underscore 34 and i'm on twitter at coach jordan 34 awesome thank you guys so much for listening we will be back next week and as always um stay tuned we got a bunch of good stuff coming draft season's about to kick off in full force uh, and there's going to be no better place to be than right here with me and lamont thank you again so much for listening guys we'll catch you next week peace Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. 
And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.